Hey everyone, Jeff here from besttechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 70. Today I'm speaking with Camille Bozboz, the VP of Communications at DuckDuckGo, a search engine with a focus on privacy. We discuss how companies can be profitable without tons of user data, why privacy is crucial for the health of the internet, the difference between Google and DuckDuckGo search results, and more. Enjoy. Also, a quick programming note, we're now recording all new Techie Bytes episodes with video as well. So you can watch the video episodes on besttechie.com. Be sure to check it out and let us know what you think. I'm here with Camille Bozboz of uh, the VP of communication at a company called DuckDuckGo. If you're not familiar with DuckDuckGo, they're a search engine, they're competitor Google and Bing and other search engines out there, except they have a focus on privacy, which Camille will talk a lot about, I'm sure, as we do this episode. So first of all, before we get into anything, Camille, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Jeff. Excited to be here. I'm yeah, I'm so excited to have you here, especially on the first episode where we're doing video uh, in addition to the audio. This is like a almost a trial run. This is the first time I've done it um, with a guest, uh, so hopefully it comes out okay. But um, Camille, I, how I, did you... I was aware yeah. of this. I prepped. <laughs> you know, I got my hair ready, as everyone can. It looks can, great, can by see. the way. It looks really good. Thank you so much. It's not as impressive <laughs> as yours, obviously, but I, I've not been able to really make it impressive in many years. So you know, at least I'm not <laughs> oh, wearing a hat. Your, your beard looks good. So I mean, thank we could you, be like we could you. be like beard twins or something. Exactly, a quarantine beard <laughs> twin. Too. Exactly. Well, Camille, thanks again for being on. I I, I want to jump into uh, this episode by by asking about you know a little about who you are, what you do at DuckDuckGo on a day to day basis. Uh, what is what is what does your daily day look like? What you know? What do you do every day? <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny answering that question because I think there's been funny coverage about this, but like everyone's spouses in this moment have been like, "Oh, that's what you do now that we have to spend all your time together." You know, so like, what what do you what does a communications person even really do? You couldn't do that at home before. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, every day is, is different at um, DuckDuckGo, but our mission as a company is to raise the standard of trust online. And it's my job to communicate that uh, to people all over the world um, that they can have privacy uh, online, uh, even though a lot of folks feel trapped by the default settings by their existing experiences on the internet, privacy as possible. And so it's really my job to come up with interesting ways to talk about that um, and get it, get it talked about. But um, really, no, no two days are different. It, it's a super interesting and exciting time to be working um, on, on issues like this, given that uh, privacy and you know, uh, antitrust are basically uh, two most talked about topics in tech right now. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the default settings and I just want to tap, uh, talk about this real quick. I feel like a lot of these companies bank on default settings and the fact that most people don't change them. Right. I mean, that's how, that's how Microsoft Bing is actually still in, you know, people <clears throat> use it because it's the default when they, when they set up their windows computer. Um, how, how does how do you think about it? How does DuckDuckGo think about it in terms of 
how maybe convincing these people that it's a good yeah. idea to switch well so you know when you're talking about the default there are a few things at play um one is the default has been used to suppress competition in our point of view um you know just just this morning we uh talked uh, we, we put out a blog post sort of explaining how many steps on Android it takes to make another search engine other than Google the default search on the device. And it's more than 15 steps. Um, wow. It's complicated oh, wow. because it's not just about changing your um, default search engine within Chrome, right? That's sort of one way to do it. But on Android devices, you also have the sort of global search as a part of the widget on the home screen. And so in order to change that, it's a totally different process that requires you download the DuckDuckGo app to even have the ability to do it. And so, you know, we think setting up those kinds of barriers make it harder for people to switch. And as a result, there is a ton of pent up demand from consumers for different options that they feel like they simply don't have access to now. You know, Google likes to say that competition is one click away and that they don't lock um, users into using their product. But, you know, it's a sort of cute thing to say when, you know, maybe that one click is just the last click. Um, and so, you know, even though it's possible, doesn't, and, you know, that possibility is preserved because of the legal ramifications that it would have if it didn't. Um, but just because it's possible doesn't mean it's easy or that they're, you know, encouraging people to, to do it. Um, you know, setting up all those steps, I think, inherently warns people that it feels like it's something bad to do. Um, and so, you know, we think there shouldn't be search defaults. Um, and, you know, we think that the best kind of remedy to solve this is 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 to really give power um, to the people and sort of let them be the monopoly busters uh, in in this case by setting up a preference menu, um, which is a one-click process to pick your default search engine on any device or any browser um, by making it easy and giving a quick description of what your options are. We think people will choose um, other options besides Google. We've run our own user tests on this ourselves and found that at least 20% of people would choose a alternative other than Google. And when you look at you know, Google's market share, which they obviously refuse to talk about, they would never mention themselves. This has been well reported that it's sort of like a, you know, sort of like a, like, like a boogeyman thing. Um, that they just won't say it. Um, but, you know, if you look at the external reporting on it, you know, it's on mobile, it's upwards of 95%, uh, basically all around the world. Um, and so 20% off of that is really significant um, and could make a huge difference. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's reminiscent to me of the time... I mean, this didn't happen in the U.S., but in the EU, they had a preference screen um, right. for Microsoft, right? I mean, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. That's right. No, no, no I was just going to say that that's, that's completely right. That preference screen 
um, for Microsoft on Internet Explorer, we think is sort of the right way to design these things. There's also a uh, preference menu currently in effect in the EU on new Android devices. Um, but the process to appear on that preference menu, we believe is um, basically rigged to benefit Google um, because it um, gives advantages to companies that put profit over privacy and people's and 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 um, and just people overall. Um, and so, you know, we have been kicked off of that preference menu that's currently happening in Europe um, because we were priced out of continuing to um, participate in it, not because we don't have the money and at this point we could definitely overpay to be on it, but it's just not a sustainable um, business proposition for us and other uh, independent competitors. And, you know, why would we sort of give all of our profits to Google um, when something like this shouldn't be uh, a, a sort of pay-for-play situation. Right. Absolutely. I mean, so so ideally, what would you guys like to? What would you guys at DuckDuckGo like to see? A preference screen. How, yeah. how should it be set up in a way that is uh, fair for competitive reasons, but also just more pro-consumer? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, it, this can get in the weeds, so. Jeff, stop me at any moment. <laughs> you know, it's it's all it's all really funny because these debates and conversations are really important to have. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, most consumers are just saying to themselves, I want privacy. Like, I don't necessarily care about, you know, how the antitrust remedies come into place, right? Do we start a new, you know, if we're talking about the United States, do we start a new agency or do we increase funding? For another one, do we break up Google or do we not break up Google? You know, all of those processes will take forever, um, will require a lot of time and money. And, you know, for and the lawyers. Department of Justice, right. <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah. if the Department of Justice is going to pursue this for the next two years, that's our taxpayer dollars at work. Um, and so, you know, we don't think that. The American people are, are particularly interested in how that plays out. What they do want is more privacy. They've made that clear in sort of study after study. And, you know, we think everyone is entitled to, um, you know, access to a private Internet experience if they want it. You know, people can choose what they want and, you know, that's all good. But to sort of block access to something like that, we think isn't isn't fair. And so, you know, I don't want the sort of, um, you know, will of the consumer to be sort of overshadowed by a sort of antitrust policy debate. Nonetheless, when it comes to the preference menu, you know, a few things you would do differently from what's currently existing in the EU. Um, more than four options, right? So <laughs> currently uh, on, on that preference menu, you have Google and three others. It, creates a sense of artificial scarcity, um, which is completely unnecessary because there are a lot more competitors out there. Um, so include all the ones that meet either a certain market share um, threshold or are the ones that sort of users request the most, but don't cut cut it off. Um, 
uh, you know, unless you sort of really need to at a certain point. Um, but there's no reason for there just to be four. Two, we think it shouldn't be an auction, um, shouldn't have to pay for that spot. Um, it should just be um, a, a sort of option for anyone to, to pick. Uh, and the sort of auction nature of it um, artificially drives up the prices and, you know, get into auction theory, but all that's not so important. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's interesting about it is if you make, if you pick a search engine now on that preference menu, um, and let's say you want to pick a different one after trying it out, you can't see that preference menu again. Mm. You will not have the option. And what's that interesting I wasn't about, aware of. Yeah, and what's interesting about the preference menu in in Europe is sort of like if you think about what I was saying earlier with regards to changing the widget and also changing the default browser uh, in the default search within the browser, the preference menu now changes all of that all at once. And so it's a lot easier. Uh, and, and that's sort of the point. Um, but there, you can't go back to that ever. Uh, so it's just a sort of one-time thing. You would have to sort of clear your phone um, and restart it in order to get a preference menu again. Gotcha. So it's really not much of a choice at the end of the day, right? It's like, I, mean, I, I guess, if I, I'm not familiar with that preference screen in terms of how it actually looks. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I'd imagine that, you know, the need for not just the logo and click which one you want, but here's some information about each service. And, you know, so here, you know, here's some information about Google. Here's some information about Bing. Here's some information about DuckDuckGo type of thing. Uh, and, and exactly. And give the consumer a kind of like picture of what which they're choosing and, and which one, you know, which one they actually uh, want to pick. Yeah, you know, we, we sort of have done a side-by-side -side of our proposal and theirs. And if folks are interested in, in checking it out, they can just go to our blog, which is called Spread Privacy. So spreadprivacy.com. And there's a whole series on the preference menu where folks can look at our recommendation, what's already in there, what are the, what are the, what are the differences. And one of those differences is exactly that. Um, what information is sort of listed under each search engine as an option. Um, and Google had tried to kind of limit how much information was there. So maybe it just said, the, um, you know, it just said the name of the competitor and not actually what they do or their tagline or, or something, or you had to sort of click on it in order to learn more um, instead of just kind of having it all in mm -hmm. one easy screen. And, you know, I, I think one other thing just, just, just to add on this is like, you know, it is not as if you need to like opt into any of Google's behavioral tracking or, or data collection, right? So it's not as if they don't know how to make things easy. They might be the best at making things easy, right? Like they really know how Absolutely. to do that. It takes 15 clicks to switch. It takes zero clicks to be a part of the, you know, data collection and behavioral targeting and yeah. all this other stuff. Um, and so, you know, they know what seamless means and how to how to make it easy. And, you know, this is this is done on this. You know, it, it, it's hard to think of anything else besides them doing this on purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking like. You live, you and your colleagues live this every day, right? I mean, like, this is your job, obviously. So you guys are living this every, it must be extremely frustrating um, for you guys, I would imagine, just trying to deal with this because you, 
from a growth standpoint, at least, it, um, I, I, among other reasons, um, you know, trying to get consumers the best possible product and, and get your product in front of them in a way that's more fair. Um, mm -hmm. Just from a company perspective, I feel like it's got to be kind of frustrating uh, that you guys have to, you, you have created a great product that has usage and market share and people use it. I, in fact, at full transparency, I recently switched to DuckDuckGo as my main search engine um, several months ago at this point. I mm -hmm. haven't looked back. And, but, you know, it, and, and, but I, while I had known about DuckDuckGo before, uh, I never made the switch until, you know, months ago. And it's been around. Yeah. Um, so just clarify, how long has DuckDuckGo been around for starters? Um, it's been around for 13 years. Um, okay. And so, you know, I think in sort of answering your, your question around, is it frustrating? I think, you know, w one of the reasons why I wanted to work here and admired the, the company overall is because it was never really about Google alone, right? So like, hmm. I think it was never the priority to sort of make that, uh, you know, the message or the thing, uh, you know, we, we have to sort of topple Google. Um, right. And I don't think that that would be a good messaging campaign just to make it the only thing, right? I mean, that doesn't look good from your end, but yes. Right. But, 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 but it's also nice that that's the truth, right? That, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think for us, it, it's not as if we're waking up every day thinking how, you know, what did Google do to us today? It's <laughs> right. more so we're waking up thinking, how can what are we, we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do? How can we educate people um, about their privacy online? Um, you know, so much of what happens uh, with regards to people's personal data happens with no trace, right? There are no, if, if, you know, if, um, if someone wants to say that their data was stolen, right, it, it would be kind of a perfect crime because mm -hmm. th th there is no break in, there is no footprints, right? Like very, very hard to see these things. And because you can't make it tangible, um, there's kind of a right. what's, what's the big deal? Um, right. You know, it's, I it's almost as if, start... no, I was just gonna say, it's, I mean, it wasn't until, you know, relatively recently that these companies started allowing you to download what they call your data but obviously right. that's not all they have on you there's no way that's all they have on you and right. everything and if you don't even know what all they have on you how can you know what's been stolen <laughs> in right. the first place right. Exactly. right so yeah yeah and it's all this sort of um you know i think one thing that's sort of interesting to me is you know and, and i'm sure you you friends who, who, who do this or no, no people do this, but you know, how people will put a post-it note over their camera on their mm -hmm. laptop. My uh, wife has a piece yeah. of tape over her webcam camera. Right. Yeah. Reasonable worth doing, but at the same time, you know, you might still be using Google, might still be using Facebook. That is a daily threat to your yeah. privacy, but also a, sort of threat to, you know, democracy, to society and polar, you know, it's do it's, it, it's helping polarization, um, and spreading misinformation. Um, and so, you know, the act of putting that post-it note feels really tangible, but mm -hmm. 
but there isn't really an equivalent for data right. and privacy. And so one of the things we're trying to do is how we can make that more tangible to people. But also, I think, you know, not lead with fear um, mm -hmm. and let people understand that it is not their fault that they feel this way online, that this has been the result of the internet being really sort of overrun by companies that have made it their business model to track everything you do to be in your business. <laughs> and, um, you know, which leads to manipulation, polarization, all these other things that we, that we talked about. Um, and so, you know, that sort of helplessness, this, this sort of resigned acceptance um, that can happen when you're, when you're thinking about these things, you know, we want to make sure folks know that that is sort of not their fault. That is sort of what they have been made to believe um, and, and that there are other options. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to talk about privacy and misinformation a little bit uh, and disinformation. So mm -hmm. which is something you just highlighted. So people, let's say people wake up today and they're thinking about all these things that we're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of choice in terms of, uh, well, there is choice, but it's not made. It's not really readily uh, made aware to people uh, or made mm -hmm. convoluted in the sense that it's hard to. That's simple. Yeah. Um, and, and that there's just so much information out there, both good and bad in misinformation, you know, good information mm -hmm. and misinformation, bad information, whatever. Um, how, how does, how does what you guys at DuckDuckGo are, are building and, and talking about and um, kind of envisioning with privacy help um, stop the spread of this kind of misinformation and also just how does it make the web kind of a, a better place for people? Yeah, I think the way to understand this is to understand that the core problem, the sort of original thing through which all these other bad things hap happened is this sort of endless data collection that is really kind of unleashed on the world through Google, through Google search, and then sort of... Um, taken in a thousand other directions, but I think in the example that you're talking about, you know, really done by Facebook, that's had a ton of negative effects. So the same technology, same sort of algorithms, the same way that ads are targeted for individuals based on what they clicked on, uh, you know, their purchasing history, you know, now there's so much more data uh, connected into that. but that same data set and algorithm is also suggesting content for people to read, right? Every click represents money for these companies. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you get into sort of filter bubbles on Google search. Um, and then just, um, you know, I think what people have described as like alternate universes on Facebook, right? So, you know, if you log on to Facebook and, you know, you've clicked a number of similar things, you're going to get content that Facebook thinks you're interested in and that you're going to want to click on. And naturally, that's going to get more and more uh, ex extreme because that's the stuff that does well and that's the stuff that keeps people clicking. 
Um, that happens on YouTube long, too. You can go down YouTube rabbit holes. 100%. Yeah. Same exact thing. Same exact thing. And then before you know it, you know, like this sort of rabbit hole thing, you mm-hmm. spent all this time reading something and, you know, uh, uh, you're, you, you can find yourself living or sort of feeling like you're, you're reading news that's like just tailored to sort of like agree with you and to sort of like get you to want to read more news. And it's which a, is, which it's is exactly really, what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which yeah. is a really sort of problematic thing. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of this gets back to just concepts of freedom and democracy, because, you know, at the end of the day, the point of building up these massive troves of data uh, is to reduce um, any sense of uncertainty with regards to what the user is going to do. All of this is meant to increase certainty, right? So if I know as much as possible, I'm going to know exactly what the user is going to do. But it's not a crystal ball. It's manipulation, right? Like it's not as if they've collected all this data and it's like, oh, I know what they're going to do next. No, it's I know what to show them in order right. to get them to do You're something. Right. You're right. Um, and so like the sort of magic of it um, is much uh, easier to understand than people think, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so lay it out for us. What is the difference between, let's say me searching on Google for something versus me searching on DuckDuckGo? What, what data are you not, or do you know that you're not collecting from me? I mean, obviously we don't know everything that Google likes. Maybe, I don't know if you guys have more insight on right. that than we do, the normal people. Um, but what are you not collecting, uh, you know, and why and how and sh- why should we feel good about that? Yeah, so you know, every time you search on DuckDuckGo, it's like the first time. Um, there are no usernames. Um, you know, you don't have to log in anywhere. You know, if you ask me how many users we have, say we don't know because we don't. Um, <laughs> it's not something that we track. Um, and you know, we know how many times someone's hit enter in the search Mm -hmm. bar. Um, and these days we're averaging around, um, 73 million a day for, you know, almost like two and a half billion a month, sort of breaking records every week, Mm -hmm. which is great. So growth is, um, really, really steady, which is awesome. But the difference is, you know, I think there is a way to describe this that's sort of like a list of things and then there's sort of a feeling. The feeling people talk about is freedom, right? Like that moment when you um, get into the search bar and you're gonna type something in, maybe it's a little personal, you know, maybe something you'd even wanna look over your own shoulder before you write it in case anyone's walking by your desk or whatever, even though we don't work in offices anymore. Um, but that feeling goes away with DuckDuckGo, um, this idea, these sort of chilling effects that, you know, end up altering someone's behavior because they think they're being watched, um, go away. And I think that sense of freedom is really, really valuable. And it comes from the fact that we're not collecting any personal data 
uh, or wanna, doing any tracking. I want to highlight something. Users. Yeah, I, I want to highlight something that I think it might be a good kind of analogy for this. Um, mm -hmm. So when Google announced Google Chrome many, many years ago, one of the features that they talked about was incognito mode. And one of the things you just brought up was um, the fact that you could go and duck, duck, go and type in whatever search you want. And it's not going to track you. It's not going to say this is now associated with this account or this person or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with Google, they're like, well, if you have to search, let's say you have foot fungus, I think was the example that they used back then. <laughs> I just, I, I don't ask me why I remember that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but, but basically, yeah. I, I will not read you it. Could go, <laughs> you could go, you can go, you can go into DuckDuckGo and you could type that in without having to open an incognito window and feeling weird about it. Is what you're saying correct right well here's the thing though is like incognito mode was never private mm -hmm. right right and right. Just, that's yeah. why there's a five billion dollar class action lawsuit <laughs> against google about about google tracking people mm -hmm. within their own mode. in yeah exactly um and so you know why should there be an incognito mode right like why, Why does it have I... to exist, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. It yeah. should it should it should be the default, right? We don't have an incognito mode on our mobile browser because that's the default. Um, why do you need to sort of like express a uh, want for privacy? This is something everyone should just um, have. should just have. I think other things to think about with that is you know there've also been a lot of surveys that said, you know, people don't think the risk reward is worth it. The sort of like personalized ads, for example. Yeah. Uh, I think the personalized ads at this point, in particular when they follow you around the internet, is a really unwelcome thing. Second thing I'll say on that is you don't have to collect all this data on people to serve a relevant ad. The way Dr. Go does it is, you know, if you search for a Jeep, you get a Jeep ad. It's just that simple, right? Like contextual. There are exactly the contextual. Which is actually how the internet really used. I mean, that's how Google used to pitch a lot of their exactly. ads. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> that when they yeah, first and, started, you know, that's what it was. It was contextual totally. advertising. Right, and, and so you know that's sort of why you know so much has changed and evolved and gotten worse, sort of without people fully realizing what's happening underneath the surface. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so, you know, we are, you know, healthily profitable and through contextual advertising and it works. So it is not as if without that um, people people don't have an option and, you know, the sense of, oh, uh, you know, if um, if we're going to be private, we have to charge for it because there's no way we can make enough money. Not only is this coming from the richest companies in the world, so, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. That with, but, with, with what you uh, will. Yeah, great. Right. But like <laughs> you can still be very profitable without taking all this, um, you know, personal data. I, I, I wonder and I feel like, I mean, so obviously these companies are record, have record profits, uh, like Google, for example, mm -hmm. um, and they're continuing to make more money based on the data they're collecting on people. Uh, and, and as you noted that there is, you know, you can still build a really great business without 
using that. Now, mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have any thoughts in terms of if they did, if they, if they, let's just say they went back in time and they're like, we're going back to contextual advertising and we're not using personal information anymore to target people. Do you think, how much, do you think they would lose money? Like, or, or because of their scale and, and do you think that they would, uh, based on, based on what you've seen at DuckDuckGo? Well, I, you know, the... I know it's hard. It's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer. But I think the extent to which you know there is this sort of like data futures market um, mm -hmm. where people are constantly bidding, buying, and selling people's data. They would lose out on that for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. However, you know, it would still be making money hand over fist. You know, mm -hmm. um, it is not. You know, it's hard to say one way or one way or another but um you know no matter what it's still the sort of gdp of many countries mm -hmm. we're talking about <laughs> i'm just gonna go ahead and say it. i'm not gonna make you say it but it's corporate greed it seems um based on you know some of this information it's 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 you know just ways to extract as much money from people as possible and and you know that's what that's kind of what these companies have become and why i really like DuckDuckGo is because for the 13 years that this company has been in existence, it hasn't changed its core values or focus. Um, right. Despite despite everyone else doing it, despite the fact that they haven't grown as fast as some of these other companies, but are but I think and I and the reason why I think you're seeing the growth that you talked about uh, that you guys are seeing more recently is because of that, because of the fact you mm -hmm. guys are stuck to your values and people realize. What is going on? They're waking up to this, you know, this idea that, well, privacy is important. Why? Why isn't right. privacy the default? You know, That's why right. does it have to be a secondary option? That's right. And yeah. you know, you know, we have tried to expand what we do beyond search, and you know, we're trying to position ourselves as a sort of easy button for privacy, um, which is, you know, through not just search, right? You can search with DuckDuckGo and search privately, but through our browser extension and mobile app, you can also browse privately. Um, and so you're really getting a far more private experience than you would otherwise. Um, our browser extension and mobile app um, uh, have tracker blocking built in. And, you know, we feel like we have some of the best tracker blocking uh, on the market um, that also is specifically making sure that your experience browsing isn't affected, right? So there's a, the more sort of uh, blocking and sort of um, other things you would do to protect your privacy can start to lead to some breakage in your um, experience online. And so we sort of built all of our privacy protection tools so that there aren't any trade-offs, right? It's not like, oh, if I'm going to be more private, my experience is going to be different this way. It's really sort of consistent and the same throughout, you know, as we like to say, the same internet, but more privacy. Um, you know, in addition to tracker blocking, you get more encryption. Um, you know, we have this sort of dashboard for people to see um, all the companies we caught 
tracking them and trying to get their information and we stop those trackers before they even load. Um, and so we've, you know, definitely tried to grow the, um, types of privacy protection that we give folks and definitely going to have some new stuff in the future. Nice. I want to shift gears a little. I want to talk a little bit more about search, but more specifically, um, search results, which are mm -hmm. a huge deal. Uh, you know, yeah. because without, without good search results, you know, people wouldn't, no wouldn't want to use the, wouldn't want to use the service, um, yeah. because they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be finding what they're looking for. So I guess the question is how, you know, to most people, it's going to be, how does DuckDuckGo's search compare to Google search in terms of the results? Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, how do you, how do you answer that for people? The way I answer it for people is to ask them, what are you searching for? Right. Mm. Because at the end of the day, most things you're looking for you kind of know what you're looking for, right? Like if you're trying to, you know, research someone before you interview them, you know, you're, you're going to try and look for their LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, what websites you're looking for. Um, and I think people have this impression that Google is surfacing a needle in a haystack every time and that they're the only ones that can do it. Um, when it's just not, the case, right? Like, um, like, you know, I think we use search as a convenience at the end of the day, right? Like we could have just gone right to LinkedIn or, you know, right to the times or the Washington post to sort of read an article, but we're going to put it into search cause it's a little easier and it's less typing. Um, mm -hmm. and so this idea that like search results are like radically different and one is far less helpful than the other in this case doesn't really make any sense I, I think you know the most probably tangible difference is a lack of filter bubbles on DuckDuckGo and so you know I think it is unclear you know we we ran a study on this a few years ago um, and, and as we understand it Google's um, search results are influenced by, you know, your IP address and where you are. Um, and with that, you're going to get different responses based on who is doing a search for us, no matter who does the search, you're, you're going to get the same responses. Um, and so, you know, it is not sort of tailored to sort of what Google thinks you're going to click on. And as the markup and other great publications have, you know, reported, Google is also preferencing its own platforms and its own search results. Um, Absolutely. And, and I and think doing more so in uh, doing that more so even, uh, you know, in recent years, adding exactly. more Google kind of markup to each search result, you, the actual search results have continued to be moved down the page further and further. Exactly. There are more ads, you know, um, yeah, so that experience is in some ways going uh, in a direction that consumers are not happy with. And more and more, they've made that clear. You know, DuckDuckGo has instant answers. We've built in a lot of the features um, that people have come to expect. We have um, private directions, which is interesting. And we just announced this um, last week, actually, through an integration with Apple Maps. Um, you can now get directions on 
DuckDuckGo. Um, and you know, awesome. Even I didn't though, know that. that you, that's uh, that's awesome. I'm gonna start gonna start using that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's uh, more sort of like route planning. So it's not necessarily something you can you know put in your car and mm-hmm. have it direct you. But um, to get directions um, privately um, is a huge consumer benefit um, mm-hmm. and is really exciting. So so we're trying to you know and 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 we have put a ton of other features that, that makes it you know, just as good as any other search engine. Very cool. So one of the things I was uh, thinking about in terms of the search results, and I've written about this um, as well, is that for some reason, and I don't know why it happens, and and it doesn't happen for every tech query, but usually if I'm looking for information about technology, uh, usually it's regarding like a tech support thing, like, 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 like there's a problem with a piece of hardware or software, and I'm Googling it or I'm DuckDuckGoing it. And on DuckDuckGo, the results are the results usually are okay, but I've but I've had better luck on Google. Um, for mm-hmm. the, only those specific types of queries, though. But I have to preface though that recently when I was searching um, for uh, for new podcast equipment and researching the gear, I used DuckDuckGo exclusively for that, and I was able to find exactly what I was looking for, all the information I needed to make my decision. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just curious if, if that's something you've heard from other people or, cause I've seen it mentioned on Twitter a few times, but I, I, I'm not yeah. sure if that's a common thing that you've heard about. I mean, look, I think everyone is, has their own sense of like what convenience is. And, you know, like you finding exactly the podcast equipment you want on DuckDuckGo, if, if someone else did the exact same search, they might have come back and said, I could not find the perfect mm-hmm. podcast equipment. So it is hard to, you know, I, we absolutely hear from people who were not able to find what they were looking for, but, you know, it is not necessarily a reflection of the quality of the search engine as much as someone, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, maybe they did a, a pretty unique search and had to click around a few times. And, you know, I, I think it's really easy to kind of complain about these things um, and convenience overall when, you know, uh, the benefit of privacy, I think mm-hmm. can really kind of outweigh um, a lot of those other things. But, you know, I, I think suffice to say, I would put our search engine on par every day. I, I, um, I would too. And, and that's why I've continued to use it. There's, like I said, it's only been very rare instances where this has happened, where I wasn't, where I was spending time on DuckDuckGo first, because that's my, that's what I use most of the, like all the time, except if mm-hmm. I absolutely found, can't find what I'm looking for. And that was the case. It was just that one, it was just a few times searching. Um, it was very technical kind of stuff. It was, it was, it was, it, it might, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know, but I overall am very happy with the search engine. I would put it on par with other other search engines out there, including Google. And I think that mm-hmm. 99% of the time, I find what I need using the search. And, 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 and it's completely private, which is great. I want to uh, ask you before we, uh, before, we, um, before we start rounding this down. And I, man, I, I love the conversation so far. I really, we didn't even get to hit on all the things I wanted to talk about. So <laughs> we might have to have you back at some point. But... Um, okay. 
But what I'm curious, like, so what's a, what's a cool feature of DuckDuckGo that you wish more people knew about? I think a core feature. I mean, you know, I would say that core they're, that or they're cool or both. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I I, I might have um, misunderstood. Um, people, I, I think um, bangs are really cool as a feature. Um, this is sort of um, a really easy way where if you do want to, um, you know, search directly uh, somewhere else or like on Amazon or something like that, you can sort of do a exclamation point and then a short abbreviation in your search and it'll search there automatically. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and then I think directions, as I was just talking about, um, I think is, I think is awesome. Um, and um, sort of like, you know, the next best thing that we've put out. Um, mm -hmm. But there are so many cool things we have in the works uh, that I'm excited about and excited, hopefully, as the next mm -hmm. time be able to come on and um, talk about. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think the stuff that we're doing within our extension and browser are, are, are also really cool. Um, you know, every time I've sort of taken someone on a test drive of the mobile browser, for example, and showed them how many companies were tracking them, there's consistently a um, shock and awe at this. Like, oh my God, I had just yeah. no idea. I've never even heard of these companies. Um, and so, you know, I would encourage folks trying us out to really look into um, that that privacy dashboard um, to, to, to have a better understanding and and also to feel like that they've done something proactive to um, protect themselves online. Definitely. I would say for me, one as a as a geek myself and like <laughs> total nerd when it comes to this stuff, there is a feature on DuckDuckGo. If you if you dive into the preferences when you're searching, you can make the the, the search uh results everything on dr go look like a computer terminal it's really cool mm -hmm. <laughs> i think that's one of the yeah. probably unknown features that most geeks would probably like to check out at least once i was sure <laughs> yeah no that's awesome I'm, I'm so glad that you like have have taken some time to dive in there and experiment a little bit that's awesome yeah it's, it's great um so you mentioned uh, before we get to lightning run you mentioned just real quick about talking about the widgets um and the app uh the browser app um, for yeah. I, for uh, iOS and Android, obviously on iOS now, one of the some of the big news that recently happened is that you can make the uh, DuckDuckGo browser your default mm -hmm. browser on iOS, which is great news. Yep. Um, sure. And I'm curious. I also noticed that on which I have it installed on my on my device. I also noticed that you have a widget, um, which is now iOS 14 can take advantage of these widgets. Mm -hmm. The question asking for a bunch of friends, including myself, is would it is it do you have any plans, um, DuckDuckGo to make that widget more interactive? Because I know right now you tap on it, it opens the browser. It'd be really cool if you could just type in there and then do a search. Yeah, uh, I need to check, but <laughs> I am more than happy to pass this on. Um, I think, you know, as I'm sure you sort of saw when iOS 14 was um, released. It was a bit of a surprise to yeah. um, developers. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, nonetheless, we were proud to be, I think, the one of the first, if not the first, to actually have an approved widget ready, um, despite the... Uh, You're definitely one of, of the first because 
there's very little widgets available at the moment. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, you know, I, I think that there's more work to be done on it, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm sure. And, you know, we, uh, given we wanted to get something out, um, you know, I'll, I'll check in with our, with, with our folks on it um, and appreciate the feedback as always. And, you know, we're, we're always open to that stuff and want to make it as good as possible. But, um, you know, definitely up against a lot of, uh, unexpected deadlines with that one. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking it back to the team for us and relaying yeah. that. Cause I think, I think it would be a nice, a nice thing to be able to, sure. to have kind of, it, it, you know, it's less, it's faster is really what yeah. it comes down to. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Totally understand. Yeah. Nice. All right. So Camille, you made it through. There was, a, this was, this was great. I really liked this episode a lot, but you made it through all the way to the end of the lightning round. Uh, where we're going to have some fun. So whenever you're ready, you okay. let me know. We'll get started. Boy, I, you know, <laughs> um, I nothing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I was going to make some Take sort of like lightning, lightning strike joke. <laughs> like I'll put my umbrella away or something. Um, but I, I, I'm ready for it. I'm just ready for the lightning. Let's, let's do All it. Right, here we go. All right. If someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? Oh my God. Uh, if someone narrated <laughs> my life, who would I want to be the narrator? First thing that popped to my head was RuPaul. Who? Oh, RuPaul. Ru from, uh... Yes, from Drag okay. Race. Um, nice. You know, uh, I'm a humongous fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. I think that it manages to, um, you know, both have a really important um, uh, message of inclusivity um and mutual respect mm -hmm. while also not sort of being watered down and like um sort of overly sort of fluffy and mm -hmm. in in a way that can be condescending um you know i love that you know i don't i don't have children but like i feel like if i did even though they curse and do crazy things i would be fine for them to watch it because i i think there, there's an authenticity and honesty there that's so um that's that's so great and you know yeah um that's I, I one think, of the things that we've yeah. been kind of preaching here at, at best techie recently which is you know just being more authentic and i think authenticity is is critical to just everything going forward these days like that, that's that's going to happen in, in the future People just need to be yeah. authentic with one another, and and I yeah I couldn't agree more. Uh, what's yeah. the most recent show you've binged watched? Oh gosh, the most recent show I've been watched, and uh, you know my colleagues at TechDeco are aware because <laughs> I talk about it all the time is Alone, <laughs> which is oh, on the History okay. Channel. Um, have you heard of it before? I haven't. What's that about? So on Alone, they take. 10 people, okay, and they take them to a very remote area. So, and, you know, it's, they've gone to Antarctica, they've, they've gone to, um, you know, British Columbia, they've gone to Patagonia. 10 people drop them off separately, and they're basically left there to survive off of 10 items uh, with no, nothing else. They record themselves. And it's a, it's basically a survival competition, and wow. we, my wife and I, got totally obsessed with it over quarantine, um, and watched multiple seasons of it, 
Um, it is totally thrilling, very real, um, and something I'd recommend to everybody. You know, and it, check that I think out. it's also it funny because, yeah, you know, and, and both my wife and I are real city kids. We both grew up mm -hmm. in New York City. And yeah. so there's a real sort of sense when, you know, someone's like boiling water <laughs> to make it clean. You're like, oh, okay. I see how to do that now. <laughs> Not, wow. Like there are a lot of sort of things we were ashamed we didn't understand that have been explained since. But also <laughs> things that we would never want to do, like right. eat bugs or, mm -hmm. you know, hunt a squirrel, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. What word, what word do you always misspell? Oh, I, I, I'm a horrendous speller. <laughs> um, and so, uh, I mean, gosh, um, there are so many. I feel like I misspell accident constantly. <laughs> um, For me, it used to be yeah, entrepreneur. Up until like somewhat recently, I figured out how to spell it. I don't know why. No I always mixed up the E's and the U's. Right. <laughs> oh my God, it's just... <laughs> Just I, I just sort of bang the keyboard at that part and then end in R, E R. Yeah, and, hope, and then and then, and then just right click spell check. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, horrendous speller. If you could acquire one skill without any effort, what would it be? Uh, dunking a basketball. That's a cool one. That I, would. Be, I was thinking like yeah. for me maybe I was thinking like I singing. <laughs> Yeah, you, the the way you came back to it so quickly made, makes me think that you have thought about that. Yeah. No, All right, last one. Would you rather read minds or teleport? Would you rather be able to read minds or teleport? Sorry. Definitely read minds. Uh, cool. I mean, it's it's an interesting question. The the reason I would want to be able to read minds is to, you know. Yeah, I, I generally think empathy is the best way to sort of like mm -hmm. understand and communicate with people. And so being able to read minds would hopefully help. However, thinking about it more, you know, just understanding how someone thinks doesn't mean you can reach them. <laughs> so, That's true. That's true. So maybe I would want to teleport out of there instead of continuing the <laughs> conversation. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm done that, with this uh, conversation. Uh, See you later. Yeah. What about you? What's your, what's your call? Uh, for me, I think I'd go with teleport. I just can't get over how cool that would be. I, I don't have to be able to read someone's mind to, to like, you know, see what they're thinking about me or somebody else or whatever. Um, I mean, sure, I think it would be helpful at times, but also I feel like it could be inundating if you if you can't turn it off. Yeah, something. Totally. <laughs> to to, or just like so. you read someone's mind, it's total emptiness, um, which would not be helpful, <laughs> and probably no, would really not. happen. And teleporting in a global pandemic would be ideal so mm -hmm. yeah i think i've officially changed my mind okay i'm glad we answer. i'm glad we uh final answer changed your mind over to teleport i think that's a good choice yeah. <laughs> very cool sure. well camille it's been great having you on i really enjoyed this episode i'm so glad you're you were on and 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 we did the video which is great i think it's going to come out great um but yeah so if anyone who's listening wants to get in touch with you or learn more about DuckDuckGo. What's the uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I, I would, you know, suggest everyone if you're, um, you know, to sort of pick up your phone now and download the DuckDuckGo app. Um, if anyone's looking to reach me, I'm I'm on Twitter at um, Camille Bosbos, my name. 
Um, I don't uh, I love it. You you love to I'm see it. I'm holding my uh, my uh, my phone up to the camera where I have the custom purple yes. DuckDuckGo icon in my love the purple. Uh, in my iOS bar dock love or whatever it. they call it. That's great. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and we're at our our blog is spread privacy. People can learn more at DuckDuckGo.com. Um, and uh, you know, if anyone has thoughts or feedback for us, always open to it. Nice. And and I would definitely recommend you guys check out their blog because there's a lot of really, really good information on it about how DuckDuckGo differs and also what they, you know, their features and their functionality, how you can use it, get the most out of it, all that stuff. They write about it uh, on their blog pretty much daily, I think, or so. And uh, just a lot of good information there. So definitely recommend checking that out. Thanks, Jeff. Well, Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating interview on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.